We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. family welcome back to the on the daily dfs podcast you can find us on twitter at on the daily dfs i am at salito ff i am joined as always by at matt jones tfr and at tj calkins we are here to lead you through the main slate and help to put you in the green fellas it was a bloodbath out there this past weekend for me it was the paris campbell injury that wiped out a ton of lineups for me, Matt, did you get hampered by any players in this week's DFS? Um, I mean, other than the fact that Chris Herndon just doesn't exist in uh, in real life. Um, luckily, I tinkered off of him uh, to to Mo Ali Cox in my cash lineup uh, for tight end. So I did uh, I did get saved a little bit there. But 
Uh, most of my GPP teams had uh, had the 1.5 from Herndon, so that oh. wasn't ideal. <laughs> I was loaded up with Herndon, and I mentioned Mo Ali Cox on his show last week and then put him in zero lineup. So um, not only have I not listened well enough to you guys, I don't listen to myself. TJ, uh, any players, I mean, it sounds like you did okay this past week, so any injuries that just hurt lineups that would have been would have cashed out nicely? Honestly, I wasn't greatly affected by the injuries, but uh... – the tight end position hurt me. I played all Andrews and Logan Thomas. So, whoops. Uh, definitely dropped the ball there. But, yeah, most of my lineups were right on that 150 number. So, just depending on the tournament, I was just inside or just outside the bubble. There was no uh, real gain or loss this week for me. Well, I, we'll get to the Washington football team, but I, I have every reason to think I, I'm going to be going back to Logan Thomas this week. I had him in a bunch of lineups also. He was my next – most played tight end after Herndon last week, but um, he's on the field. He's getting the targets. He's getting a percentage. Now we just have to actually get the ball in his hands. But guys, let's kick off with the with the Texans at the Steelers. We got an over under of forty five on this game, and we come to our first all caps player from TJ that hit last week, and he's excited about that. He made sure he pointed it out. We got three new ones tonight that we're going to get to. Uh, Deontay Johnson. And listen, he comes in this week at a still reasonable $5,400 because he's the, he's the clear-cut best wide receiver on that team, I think, on a weekly basis right now. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I tweeted it out. Basically, the, the workload that he's seeing is, is Juju plus Jarvis Landry right now, like just mathematically and expected points. Uh it's, I mean, for for fifty four hundred, uh, if if you could combine Juju and and Jarvis, I think you would take that. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big big Deontay believer now. Well, TJ, let us hear it. Well, hey, we got really lucky that honestly DK kind of dropped dropped the ball with the initial pricing on him. You know, forty five hundred last week was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, right? Right. <laughs> So 4500 last week was absolutely ridiculous. Now we we pretty much know what we have. And this isn't just a volume-based anomaly. I mean, this is a legitimately great player. And he is the best wide receiver on that team, and I don't think it's particularly close. So we're looking at 5400 this week, Sal. You called that reasonable. I think that's a huge understatement. I mean, this is a guy that should be priced up at or even over that 7K range, in my opinion. So I'm just going to keep going back to the well until the well runs dry. And I don't think it ever will. Yeah, I mean, I, I, sorry, Sal, but I was just going to say I don't, I don't think that there's, there's much of a chance that that he ever hits that price. Uh, just because, I mean, besides the fact that. Just the the pricing at DraftKings is just they're just uh you know monkeys crashing symbols together and hitting keys by accident half the time. Uh, but like, what is he going to be? What's it going to take for him to be more expensive than Juju? It's going to take most of the season, even at these splits right now. So yeah, I I fully agree. I th- I think we're going to be seeing him uh, too cheap for for quite a while. And, you know, we see one or two more weeks with that Claypool bomb or something like that, or even if it's Washington, Ebron taking a goal line touchdown, I think we could see a big shift in Juju's price fall. Uh, yeah. I, I think it could happen sooner than later, but I don't. it's certainly not a certainty, like you said. 
Yeah, that that Ebron touchdown's coming. Uh, ben was talking about him this week. They're gonna, I think they're gonna start getting some more balls thrown in his direction. Um, before we move over to the Texan side, is there anybody else on Pittsburgh? Anybody else we're looking at this week? I mean, right. that's it for me, man. I, I, I'm telling you what, Deontay was <laughs> the all caps nope. play last week. He's an all caps play this week. That's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. That was one guy I did get into lineups when I didn't, you know, where I didn't play Paris Campbell. It was Deontay Johnson. It should have been a hell of a lot more Deontay Johnson than Paris Campbell. I don't think the thinking was wrong on Paris Campbell. It's just he got hurt early. Yeah. Um, guys, I agree we, with that for sure. Yeah. We saw Brandon Cooks get uh, an uptick this week, 90% snap rate. He comes in, you know, two hundred dollars cheaper than Deontay Johnson. Obviously, I'm not trying to say, hey, he's two hundred dollars cheaper. Let's play him instead. But uh, Will Fuller disappeared last week, uh, a little bit banged up hamstring during the game. He's become a guy now that we've we got excited about after one week, but we know we can't go back to. But man, have we gotten at a comfortability level in Brandon Cooks? Or are you just not comfortable with anybody in this receiving game? I mean, I'm not. I'm not playing Brandon cooks in the year of our Lord 2020. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I like, I, the funniest thing that, that I saw when I was, uh, I was writing up this game for, for the article I do for, uh, wrote of this was DJ and Fuller combined for 40 points the first week. And they combined for seven last week. <laughs> that oh, was, that's... uh, that was, that was fun. It was cute when, uh, when we all decided that David Johnson was back, uh, after week one. Yeah, that created Feels like some a long lineups. time ago. <laughs> I'm sure that created some lineups. So, I mean, Houston's just a really tough opening schedule to the year, the teams that they've had to face. And the Steelers, while not on a level of the, the teams they faced in the two weeks, still one of the better teams in the league. And I think Houston's going to be looking at 0-3 and uh, have to start making some decisions over there. But uh, any before we move on to Bengals-Eagles, anything we want to throw in about this game? All right, that's what I expected. <laughs> All right, guys, so the Bengals are taking the Eagles. And so we go back-to-back back with the all-caps players that TJ gave us last week. And uh, we'll, let's go to Miles Sanders, who, again, uh, might be an understatement at $6,400, TJ. I think we go back to the well with him again this week. Bingo. And, you know, it usually isn't this easy, but thank you, DraftKings. There are three all-caps players this week, and two of them were the same as last week. <laughs> so we, we got Miles Sanders again, man, 6,400 against the Bengals. That's a gift. I believe they allowed, what, uh, 54, 55 points to running backs last week. Uh, this is a guy operating as a borderline, if not over bell cow line. I mean, the catches are going to be there. The goal line carries are there. We are absolutely matching Sanders, and he'll be my most owned back. And I, I'm not sure it'll be close. Uh, where you at, Matt? Yeah, no, San- Sanders. Uh, as far as like opportunity share, uh, he's he was only trailing Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry. Um, and he obviously sees, you know, he'll he will see more targets than both of those guys. So we're definitely, uh, definitely trying to jam him in for for sixty four hundred. Um, what what are we doing with what are we doing with the the fight in Joe Burrows? What what like what what's going on? Like they're you know, just gonna throw every every second that they that they have the opportunity to. Well, I was gonna bring them up because I mean at sixty two hundred dollars and like you say they're gonna be throwing a ton. Is he a is he a sneaky play this week in uh, in some G, GPPs, TJ? 
I honestly, I, I, I probably won't have any ownership on the Cincinnati side uh, for this week. I, I don't trust it. I, I think Mixon is still going to dominate a lot of touches. Uh, if I recall, he's got nearly 40 carries and six targets in two weeks. And Boyd had a nice stat line last week, but that wasn't on the 12, 13 targets we saw last year when they were trailing. That was on just eight targets. Uh, AJ Green is still eating up the volume, but obviously has no rapport with Burrow. So I'm still in wait and see mood, and I'm mode, and I'm just not going going there this week. Have you ever seen a, a game like that, Matt? AJ Green, 13 targets, caught three of them, 227 air yards, and he finishes the game with three for 29. Yeah, and he looked I mean, old. It yeah, was. I yeah. watched the Eagles Week One. Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was like watching Jamison Crowder. I thought they. I thought they traded for him. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I just. I did want to point out. Uh, I. I mean. I mostly agree with you, uh, TJ, about Cincinnati. Like, I, I don't really know. Uh, with for sixty two hundred, if I really am gonna like be prioritizing him, uh, but I do think that uh, they're at least worth a look. Like they're they're going to be running more plays than most teams. They're passing, uh, I think, over yeah, over 40% of their plays have been called when they're a touchdown or more behind, obviously, because they're terrible and they're going to continue to be terrible all year. And they have uh, passed at a 78% rate during uh, that situation. So if you think that Philadelphia is going to, uh, you know, somewhat somewhat click and and get out to a lead against them, uh, I do think that there's some value there, but it's not like, you know, I'm not playing Joe Burrow in cash. Like it's not, I, I'm not feeling that, that great about it. Well, hold on. I don't think Philly's in any sort of rhythm or that this offense is just going to mesh and blow teams out of the water. Oh, for sure. Honestly, Wentz looks bad right now. And I, yeah. it's just something he's not in rhythm yet. He's not comfortable yet, but I tr- still truly believe he's a top five quarterback in the league. I believe. By the end of the season, he could be in the MVP conversation if he gets some wide receiver play. Otherwise, he's just going to go back to what he did doing down the stretch last year, which I believe was, what, quarterback four or five over the course of the last eight games with Greg Ward as a top receiver. So that's still reasonable, and he's going to get there, but it's just waiting on Philly right now. And going back to Philly, with the Rager situation – Djax has to be in turning builds without a doubt. Uh, he was involved in that second half last week, so we could see a huge number if that same volume comes for a full game for him. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Jackson is seeing uh, like 35% of their air yards. He's not seeing that big of a chunk of actual targets, but they're just they're just letting him run in straight lines and uh, and throwing it as far as they can. <laughs> One of them is going to work eventually, uh, and against Cincinnati, I think that it's uh, that it's more probable than not. It worked for potentially cooked OBJ last week, so I mean, there you go. could do worse with these acts, right? <laughs> well, fellas, let's go uh, to to uh, you know Matt's favorite team, the uh, the New York Giants, who welcome the 49ers back for a second week in a row to New York, New Jersey, Meadowlands area, and uh, boy. Coming into the season, uh, coming off of a Super Bowl appearance last year, we expected the 49ers to just come out and burn. And the one thing I thought we all could expect was 
that the Giants would give up points, but they would put an offense out there that would actually be able to chase them and maybe bring some fantasy goodness. Well, not only have they not done that, but now they've lost their star running back. They've lost probably their best wide receiver, unless you're like me and you believe Darius Slayton is yeah, that guy. Uh, but before we get to the Giants and the mess that's over there, because I don't think we're playing too many people over there, we have some interesting choices over at running back for San Francisco this week. The uh, the top two guys, Mostert, who seems to break off an 80-yard touchdown, uh, whether it's receiving or rushing every week, is out. A Tevin Coleman appears to be more injured than him. And it's going to be in seven weeks. So we get a guy in Jarek McKinnon who has, has a touchdown in each one of the first two games, coming in at $4,900. And a guy I think could be a sneaky goal line play this week, Jeff Wilson had uh, two touchdown games in week two and three last year when all those other guys were injured as well. He only comes in at four grand. So, Matt, is there a running back on the San Francisco side you'd like to get in? Not not in cash. I know you're a cash guy, but if you're going to throw some 20 lineups out there. I mean, I just – I don't I don't really see myself going there. If, if it was If it was like a clearer situation – um, I think that I would, I'd feel better about it. I just, I think they would probably both come in around the same ownership, give or take. And I don't think that there's a, a strong reason to, to really pick one over the other, unless, uh, unless TJ, uh, explains otherwise to me and, uh, and schools me on this. Well, I, I don't know if there's anything to explain. Uh, Sal really touched on it, but if we get, uh, if we get a situation where the Giants are competitive, I mean, these are two completely decimated teams by injuries, really. You know, uh, San Francisco on the defensive side, and obviously Jimmy G, and the Giants losing the centerpiece of their offense. I mean, we could see an ugly competitive game, and if that's the case, then – or God forbid if the Giants are actually leading in this game, then McKinnon is <laughs> going to be the one smashing, right? That was so, a good one. <laughs> Right, so you, then you want McKinnon because he's going to play more than half the snaps. He's probably going to lead the team in targets. Um, but if you see the Giants fall behind, I mean, th- this is going to be such a game script dependent thing, judging on which running back you you want to play, if at all. This so, is this is a classic. Uh, Tim Jones, my my father, will will gladly tell you as much as many times as possible that the Giants cannot beat a backup quarterback. Uh, it's a it's a known thing. Uh, I we can we can go through PFR and we can I can pull out some uh, some examples of this, but uh, the Giants do not beat backup quarterbacks, and I would argue that Nick Mullins isn't really much of a much of a downgrade at all from from Jimmy G. So uh, yeah, I I just I think this could be um, you know what what we would have expected from this game before all the injuries anyway. Uh, I I'm definitely interested in Slayton though, forty nine hundred. Uh, like his, his connection with Daniel Jones is, is a real thing. Um, I, I think Shepard probably is a better wide receiver. Like if you put them in different situations, but for Daniel Jones, like it's, it like it's latent there. It's just, it's there. Well, guys, last week, another tight end that I mentioned and then didn't put in any lineups, Jordan Reed, he smashed for two touchdowns, right? There's no doubt that this guy has the talent to be a top three tight end in this league. He just doesn't have the scrambled eggs up top 
uh, you know, to sustain playing. So, but at four thousand dollars, is this a guy, TJ, that you would throw into some lineups this week? I think you absolutely have to. And now that we see that they're just going to hold Kittle out, even if he's healthy, because the MetLife field, well, why would we think they're going to do anything different with Reed than they did last week? You know, obviously he's going to be a huge uh, red zone presence, uh, green zone presence. Touchdowns can, will be there. The Giants aren't really, I'm not afraid of the Giants at all at any level on that defense. So 4K, a guy that just smashed last week, just like that in the same role, absolutely. I'll go right back to him. Or I'll go to him for the first time, I should say, because I definitely went there last week. (laughs) I don't think any of us were last week, but uh, we will be back there this week. So Devonta Freeman, it will not be available to put into lineups this week. Not that I think anybody would want to do that, especially in the first week, let alone in the next few weeks, because if Saquon Barkley couldn't run, uh, with this team, are we really thinking Devonta Freeman's going to do that? So you get a mix of Gallman and Lewis, and you know, fifty three hundred dollars for Deion Lewis. You, I was going to say, boy, if they trail it, maybe, but no, fifty fifty three hundred, no, no way. So let's let's just get out of this game. Unless Maddie, it's your team. Do you got anything else you want to say about the Giants before we move on? No, I'm like I'm the most the most anti uh, Giants person on the on the podcast for sure. Well, let me tell you, I, I am a, a Las Vegas Raiders fan, and, and that's the, the game that's up next. The Raiders coming uh, to Foxborough to play the Patriots, and I'm as stunned as anybody that we're 2-0. I was going into that game on Monday night completely expecting to lose to what I think is a, a good New Orleans Saints team, a team that a lot of people have picked to go back to the Super Bowl. They look out of sync. They're missing, obviously, Michael Thomas, but the Raiders played a really good, smart ball control game, and they're going to have a tough time doing that again this week against New England. But, um, you know, Josh Jacobs is just the, the price is way up there now at $7,300. Uh, Darren Waller is, is climbing. If if the, the game wasn't on Monday night, I guarantee his price would have been higher after that performance. But so since this came out before, that happened. Uh, what are we doing on the Oakland side? Is there anybody that's reasonably priced? So a little Brian Edwards getting some play this week. Is there anybody reasonably priced in this Oakland offense that we could pop into a lineup? Go ahead, TJ. I know you're, I know you're the Brian Edwards guy. Sell us. Uh, no, I, God, I, I am a little bit, but my God. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking here at two teams that were showcased in primetime last week. Played in high-scoring games that put out fantasy-relevant output, you know, across the board. And I think it's just going to plummet back down to earth in this game this week. Uh, The Raiders are obviously going to try the ball control style again. But you know what? So will the Patriots. Like, we're going to have a continuously running clock here for the first half. And, I mean, we could legitimately have a 6-3 game going in the locker room. So, I I, I just – cannot pinpoint a play in this game that I am excited to put in in really any lineup. Where you at on that, Matt? Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I think uh, I was playing around with the the pace tool uh over here at Rotoviz and I uh I saw that they are going to it looks like they're the the slowest game on the on the main slate. Um you know, almost 29 seconds per play uh, and, you know, under under 70 plays for 60 minutes for sure. 
uh just it's just not you know maybe if you want to if you want to try a stack and they're definitely going to be a little bit lower owned but i i don't really i don't really feel confident in playing uh any of these guys this week yeah well i mean i can't argue with that and uh the only you know thing i point out that's interesting in all those years that julian edelman played with tom brady he gets his highest receiving total in a game with cam newton i mean that's just one of those crazy anomalies you don't you don't expect, but uh, yeah, I, I probably have no ownership in this game as well this week. It's just that the guys that I would want on the Raider side are just going to cost too much money. So l- let's go to quite possibly the most disappointed team in the NFL so far this year. The Minnesota Vikings are, are bad. They are legitimately bad. This was a team people thought would be competing for the division with Green Bay. Green Bay just smacked them a week ago. And the Colts did the same. Uh, so, you know, Corey Davis proved us wrong and, and got a touchdown and, and stayed relevant. But his price has gone from 3400 to 4000 to 5200 So he's out of – I mean, when you could get Deontay Johnson for 54 yeah. why are you going to be toying around with Corey Davis? So he's not a guy we care about. Um, uh, did Janu Smith's price climb too high at 5200 He had two touchdowns last week, and he's going against an offense – that Mo Ali Cox put up five for one eleven last week. So, uh, are we willing to spend the fifty two hundred to get Janu in the lineups this week? Fire it up, Matt. I, I got some thoughts here. I'll be long winded. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, um, yeah i I am a I'm a big big Janu guy. I I mean fifty two hundred. Look, like the the game last week was <clears throat> was great for him, right? Like we would, I would have loved, uh, I would have loved to have some some shares of him last week, uh, but he still only saw he still got five targets. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of arguments to be made for going a lot cheaper uh, at tight end this week with a few plays that we'll probably talk about throughout the course of the rest of the show. So. I'm not like I'm not going crazy uh, trying to trying to jam him into anything like my cash teams really never have uh, expensive tight ends. Go ahead, TJ. OK, this Vikings defense is so decimated. I mean, it was obviously not good to begin with. Now it is hurt as well. Uh, we're talking about a team they've given up. Uh, let me be sure on the 71 points in two weeks. They've created one turnover, had one or uh, two sacks, and are getting their doors blown off at every single level. It doesn't matter who they play, running back, tight end, wide receiver. Any and everyone can just smash them. And, I mean, everyone on this Titan side is absolutely in play. I think Tannehill is completely in play. I think Janu, as you said, is completely in play. And Derrick Henry, my God, if he gets another 31 carries against this team – we're going to go back to our 40 burgers from Henry. Uh, would you bring anybody back on a Minnesota side, TJ? Is, is Thielen in play for you in this case? He's the only guy. I mean, he's absolutely the only guy, and we have to assume Minnesota is going to be trailing the whole way. In, I mean, I mean, 98% of iterations with the version of this team. It's unbelievable how bad they actually are on both sides of the ball. So, yes, Thielen's the only guy. And – even with their situation, he's only seen eight targets in each of the first two games. So there is room for growth there. So I, I don't mind Thielen at all, especially if you're stacking up this game. Uh, 
not so much stacking, but you can certainly play the Titans defense as well. So <laughs> the combo of Henry with the Titans D and the combo combo of Tanny and Jono, those are the two uh, kind of stacks I want to use. And in both of those, I think uh, you can come back with Thielen. You know, I know it's a road game, uh, but the Titans giving two to me feels like a way to make some money this week. I expect the Titans to come out and, and smash Minnesota. They will unequivocally be a bet for me. I mean, it's just the, yeah, no it, two ways about it. And they they opened at one, uh, one and a half, which was just silly. All right. Well, I have written down here, Vikings offense is ugly and it's all because of Kirk Cousins. So I'm just going to move on to the next game. <laughs> and the next game is the Washington football team with a, with a low 18.5 uh, total on their side. The over-under is 44, but only 18.5 of that expected from the Washington football side. Going against the Browns, uh, the Browns have done enough to earn a seven-point uh, spread this, this, this uh, soon in the season. I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what I did notice. Antonio Gibson's usage go from 26% to uh, – I'm sorry, his snap rate go from 26% to 65%, and he got in the end zone. They looked like they – what you are seeing is that when he's on the field, they're they're giving him the ball. So if you go look at the, the percentage of time that he touched the ball when he's on the field, it's also quite high. So at $4,700, I think I'll have some Antonio Gibson maybe hanging out in my flex spot this week. Um and Logan Thomas, we talked about him earlier. He's going against the 32nd uh, tight end defense in the league this week. I realize we're only two weeks in, but um, they haven't been good. They haven't been good in the past. He's on the field for 91% of the snaps, and he's $3,700. So, TJ, I, I know you mentioned him earlier, and he did not have a great output last week. But, again, the numbers, the the targets, and the percentages are there. So is there a reason why you wouldn't go back in some ways this week? Um, there are reasons I, I wouldn't go back. Now, the Browns, that whole secondary is very, very bad. And I don't believe I necessarily want to play any running backs against them. Uh, I do only want to play pass catchers as it sits. Now, the tight end ranking, it's a little misleading. Uh, week one, they had to play Mark Andrews, which is no cakewalk. And obviously, he scored twice. Uh, even Lamar tried to miss that. I mean, absolute layup, and Andrews had to bail him out with that sick one-hander. But last week, let's not forget, the Browns were leading that game against Cincy the whole way. Burrow had to chuck it 61 times, so tight ends got way, way, way more targets than they're generally going to see against this team. And I do believe that Terry McLaurin is the sole play from this game, but I think he's a super high-end play. The volume is there. The ability is there. The matchup is there. Um, <clears throat> Logan Thomas is fine, but for this particular weekend matchup, I am all over F1. Matt, what are we looking at on your side? Yeah, no, I agree. I was, I was going to mention that, that jump in usage that we saw with Gibson. I, I think that probably just, you know, continues, uh, over the next couple of weeks. He, you know, last week he saw 60% of their rush attempts, um, and, you know, over a quarter of their, the team opportunities. So uh, they're definitely, you know, all the, all the coach speak from, from August was, uh, was obviously at least partially true. Cause they, they definitely like the guy. So 
Um, and when you leave, you know, when you let a, a generational talent like Adrian Peterson go uh, in the middle of his prime like he is right now, you know, you you, you got to make sure that you have a, a good a good next option. So, um, yeah, no, Don't I disrespect the generational talent of Peyton Barber, though, man. <laughs> True. True. Every everybody was uh, was rushing to the waiver wire after week one for a guy that we just know who he is. Like, <laughs> I just I can't sometimes with with the overreactions. Um, but yeah, no, I I fully agree with uh, with everything that TJ said. I will definitely be having some uh, some McLaurin exposure this week. I don't know about cash, but definitely in GPPs. Well, going over to that Brown side, uh, nobody's more tuned in on this show than TJ. Um, OBJ got in the end zone. He looked good at times. Uh, it's still not what we want from him. It's still not what we expect from him. Is there anybody in the pass-catching game that we want to get on the field? Uh, I, 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 I'm kind of coming up blank this week. I kind of respect the defensive side of the ball for this Washington football team. And I think the Browns learned uh, through two weeks that if they don't feed the beast, which is Chubb, it's no one else. It's Chubb. They have to get Chubb going for this team to be effective. I think they learned that. And he's maybe the only guy I really want to play in Cleveland. Uh, I don't think they're going to fall behind in this game. Uh, But I also don't think they're going to have tremendous success on offense, uh, moving the ball, scoring a lot of points. This is just not a super good game from a DFS perspective. Although I am scripting the Browns to win. That's why I like McLaurin. I think the volume is there, and I think the matchup is there. But outside of that, uh, maybe Chubb, but it's just not pretty. Uh, are yeah. there any Browns you guys like? Well, I wouldn't get um, caught up in in Hunt at $6,100 because he he's not getting as many touches. It's just The touches just aren't there. He's doing a lot with what he gets, and that's not going to happen every week. So – uh, no, I'm not on any Browns. I can't speak for Matt. I'm I'm definitely on Chubb this week. Um, I think he's going to uh, he's going to be super super low owned. Uh, he's right underneath Jonathan Taylor, and he's only a few hundred dollars more than Sanders. That's just like a typical. Uh, both of those guys are going to be super chalky, like you know, at, at least twenty percent, maybe pushing close to thirty percent. And um, there's just there's just no way that that lineups are going to be that heavy on those two guys and also figure out a way to to get Chubb in. So um, I think Chubb is a really good loan GPP play. I don't really feel like I need to go crazy and do like a, a, a stack of this entire game. But I think Chubb and McLaurin in the same lineup is a good correlation play uh, for for tournaments that that could uh, that could pay off because they both have pretty high ceilings. Well, Matt, I, I'm a game late, but uh, you have something you need to read. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's tell the folks about the uh, the old sponsors this week. So our our first sponsor this week is Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're your corner stores, your coffee spots, or your favorite shops, local businesses always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference and going that extra mile to support us and our community. Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. 
Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. And our good friends over at Indeed are back with us again this week. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply, and the offer is valid through the end of the month. So make sure you uh, support our sponsors and also Bet Online. There'll be a, there'll be a read at the end of the show for that. Uh, but make sure you check out BetOnline.ag as well. Well, guys, let's jump right back into the games, and uh, we come up to two teams: the Rams and the Buffalo Bills, that are are both playing good football. Uh, um, the Bills are sustaining that offense, and. Uh, while the Rams have had to move running backs in and out, they've found one each week that has looked good. Um, and so let's just go right to the running backs. Uh, don't expect Cam Akers to play with a rib cartilage injury. So uh, with, at least it's with Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. And my fear, my biggest fear here with this offense is it's going to be a true hot hand approach. I don't think as good as Daryl Henderson finally looked with an opportunity this past week, uh, you know, if it's a grind them out game, that's probably more Malcolm Brown style this week. So, uh, Matt, are, are you comfortable with either one of those L.A. running backs? No, I mean, they're just they're too expensive um, for me to for me to feel confident about playing either one of them. Again, this I'm coming from the standpoint of probably making somewhere in the neighborhood of four to seven lineups. And there's just. Yeah, there's just no shot that that I'm uh, I'm gonna risk that percentage of my lineups being tanked by uh, by the other guy being hot. So I'm I'm not interested. But maybe TJ with uh, with more lineups at his disposal might be uh, might throw them in a couple. I'm gonna guess no. He's shaking his head disappointingly <laughs> that for even for me even mentioning it. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you indeed? Uh, uh, yeah, the, that running back situation is kind of gross. I, I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, on the Rams side of the ball, it, it, the, again, this is a this is a gross game where I think we've seen these teams score a couple of points, uh, especially Buffalo. I think it just kind of comes back down to earth. But uh, the only guy on the Rams side of the ball that I, I really have a lot of interest in is the one guy that touches are completely schemed to, and that's Bobby Trees. So his price, <clears throat> if I recall correctly, it's still under 6K. It's 5900 Yep. So uh, he's the one guy there. And then on the Buffalo side with, uh, you know, Diggs, if we weren't sure after last week, I'm sure he gets the Ramsey treatment. So let's uh, let's kind of completely fade that team <laughs> the way I'm looking at it. Uh, I, I just don't think there's a whole lot more to it than that, uh, at least for me. Uh, what about you, Sal, Matt? Yeah, well, I think there'll be a big part of the field that's going to go back to the Josh Allen well. So if that game script, as you point out, plays out that could be big for a lot of us because that's just going to eliminate you know that 15 ish percent of people that probably have josh allen and probably going to go with that stack after 
how good it looked last week. So, um, yeah, I, I hope it goes in that direction. TJ, uh, you know, it's, we're not touching any running backs at Buffalo. That's a, that's a shit show over there. So, yeah, and outside of that, it's I, – I, I like what you say about Robert Woods. He's – they're getting him the ball through carries. I mean, there was six actually wide receiver carries in that game last week. Van Jefferson or Von Jefferson, however you want to say his name, even got one. So that's another reason why the running backs you gotta you gotta watch for them there because they're just they're they're cycling it through everybody and while Higby will probably never have a three touchdown game again this year he's also skyrocketed up the uh, the price charts but uh, Matt can you shed any light on anybody else in that Rams offense? No, it's it's just it's just Woods for me. Um, you know if if one maybe two of those touchdowns go, uh, go Robert Woods's way. I'm, uh, I'm sipping on uh, a Mai Tai on an Island somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> and we are looking at like, you know, a, a $6,800 Robert Woods. Uh, and I don't think that that's like, I don't think that's unreasonable to be like, Oh, well, you know, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Higby is just going to score three touchdowns every week. Like that's not a thing. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Woods is, uh, is in line for, you know, he, he gets the work and he's in line for a, for a good week. If he can, if he can get the touchdowns, but that's, that's all I'm interested in. You made a great point on Van Jefferson. Uh, He's a guy whose role has already grown second week and it's just going to continue to Uh, Josh Reynolds is probably uh, DOA. Yeah, I don't disagree. He was a guy who every time you turned around preseason, you would hear Van Jefferson's name. It was ma- making big plays. And uh, there was a, a fun little uh, clip of him and Ramsey working together in practice, practice and Ramsey giving him some pointers. And I think Ramsey was impressed with the kid as well. So, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who you're going to start getting in lineup soon. He's going to be cheap. He's going to be he's going to be fun. And he could have that ball up week that could just completely break a, a slate. So, uh, all right, let's, let's move on to the team that's uh, – that just is the most giving team in the league. The Atlanta Falcons, uh, they like to give away leads. They like to give away wins. And, uh, you know, I, I'm interested to hear some of your guys' takes on the Bears this week going into this game. Mitchell Trubisky at $5,700 uh, could be a real a real nice play here. And, um, you know, tell me why I should get him in my lineups, Matt. I mean, you're you're coming to the right guy if if you're trying to be talked into Mitch Trubisky because it's been two weeks and I've had him, <laughs> I've had exposure to him in two weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you can stack him up with uh, with Robinson pretty easily, sixty two hundred. Um, just just Atlanta, like just chill. Like what? Like I don't under I understand that like Dan Quinn is like. I don't know, uh, like probably bottom two coach in the league. But even so, like, how is this possible that this just always happens to them? Like, really? Like, how how does that happen that they literally I texted my friends at like 145 and was like, I cannot wait for Dallas to make a comeback and win this game. <laughs> it was just like it was written like a like a movie script. Just Atlanta just is the worst. Um that being said, Calvin Ridley is just getting uh, getting an absurd amount of work. He is still a little bit cheaper than Julio, um, but I mean, even Russell Gage is being uh, is getting more targets than than Julio right now. So, um, 
I I think you can you can mix and match like you can do you know Ryan and Ridley with Robinson on the way back or vice versa. You could throw in Gage into a lineup. Like I think you can you can mix up this game uh, a bunch of different ways and feel pretty good at it, uh, good about it. So I'm definitely going to have tournament exposure to this game. Yeah, and and keep an eye on the fact that Julio is uh, he's banged up again. There's a chance Julio Jones does not play in this game, and that obviously upticks. Uh, everybody, including Hayden Hurst, who had his uh, first big game as an Atlanta Falcon last week, it comes in at 4,700. I like Gage. If uh, Julio holds in a, a very easy catch for Julio Jones from Russell Gage, uh, <laughs> I have some lineups that look a lot better where I had them in lineups together. That one hurt a lot. But uh, That's the old Sanu play. Oh, God. It, it, that hurt so bad. I mean, that's just like – that's Julio Jones making that drop. TJ, anything you want to add about either one of these teams? Man, just that Atlanta has been so giving, like you said. And much like uh, the Titans I mentioned earlier, everyone on Chicago is in play. And to Matt's point with Trubisky, we've seen him be quite adequate for two weeks now. Uh, I believe he's averaging. <laughs> That's going to be the name of his game. biography. Quite <laughs> adequate, the Mitch <laughs> story. <laughs> well, not he hasn't lived up to that moniker quite yet. <laughs> but, Sorry. All right. That's great. Sorry, I know I derailed you there, but <laughs> no, you're good, man. Uh, we haven't seen him run the ball yet. You know, I, I believe he's carried it just six, maybe seven times. He has no touchdowns yet. He's a quarterback that you can expect some rushing production out of. So, absolutely, I think he's a fantastic cash play, and I want him in tournaments too. And I was way off last week. I thought the squeaky wheel was going to get extra grease with A-Rob, and it just didn't happen. So I'm a little bit hesitant to go back to A-Rob heavily this week, but I don't think I really have a choice given what Atlanta is. So, Any, uh, is, is Darnell Mooney, who's running as the number two wide receiver on offense at three grand, is uh... – is he on the radar at all this week? He's on the radar for sure. He definitely, if you're making MME, he definitely should be a 10 to 15% player at 3K. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Anthony Miller, who I thought would get more uh, playing time when they put, um, what the heaven the hell his name is, the fast guy who used to play in New Orleans. His, his, my, his name just escaped me. Um, yeah, Teddy Ginn, when they put him inactive for the game, I thought, okay. See more Anthony Miller, but they're running two tight end sets and they're not playing uh, with that slot receiver, and that's Miller's spot. So Mooney getting an uptick. So, all right. Uh, I, I think you guys, you, know, you, you made a good point about the two tight end sets. Something more we should touch on. Uh, Dalton Schultz had a career game against this Atlanta team. And in week one, the corpse of Greg Olson caught a touchdown <laughs> against them. So. I mean, tight end might matter against them. They could be this year's Cardinals. Uh, Stay tuned on that. Roll it out, Jimmy Graham. All right, listen, guys. No, no, I don't have the balls to do it this week. (laughs) I'll be watching. (laughs) Just keep an eye for future weeks. All right, you heard it from TJ here. Guys, we're moving to the late games now, and uh, we have the the Carolina Panthers minus the the best weekend a week-out player in, in fantasy football, Christian McCaffrey, he is down for a minimum of three weeks. Um, and they go to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Uh, the Justin Herbert-led Chargers, now that somebody paid a doctor to puncture 
Tyrod Taylor's long so that Herbert could get on the field. And I, you got to like what you saw with the Chargers offense with this kid on the field. It's what we hoped we would see Eckler look like. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a hold on. I got to go, guys. Uh, ciao. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, TJ, TJ will be back in a second. <laughs> uh, but the, the other rookie I want to talk about is, um, is Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly got 23 carries in this game. He also saw three targets. He pulled in two for 49 yards, and he comes in at $5,000. Matt, am I wrong to say Josh Kelly has a weekend and a week-out role in this offense? No, definitely. I mean, you know, it's it seems like we uh, sort of as a community – anointed Austin Eckler and and maybe with without Kelly uh this would be a different conversation but he like he's just forced his way into a role that has value like he is what is he 5k even this week I mean I I kind of think that that's fine if you're playing a ton of lineups like again definitely not definitely not cash viable uh by any stretch for me personally but um I mean, how how can you really say through two weeks seeing his workload that that you that you shouldn't at least consider him? Um, yeah, I and my my uh, my season long teams are are pretty happy about that too. So <laughs> whatever works. Let me tell you, he's not a guy I was on, and I may have mentioned this the first week that we did our show together. He was not a guy that I was on at all until Curtis Patrick came on the SFB Podathon with us and and just went into detail on him. And I took him the very next day in the SFB draft or that week when I finally got to a good spot. And I grabbed him everywhere I could after that. And the one league where I didn't get him where they have roster restrictions on how many running backs you can own, which killed me. When Marlon Mack went out, I added Josh Kelly. So, uh, yeah, I, I love the guy. But, uh, TJ, talk to me more about this Chargers offense. Well, we essentially see Josh Kelly in a Melvin Gordon light role, which, I mean, that's just the simplest way to put it. He's – getting more carries than Eckler. He will always have fewer targets than Eckler. The thing is, we have to monitor who the starter is. If Tyrod is playing football, Eckler is dead. And it's sad, but it's true. He's just not going to get the targets that supported him uh, in previous seasons. With Herbert, we see he came back alive. He's good to go. You know, I I don't know that he's ever going to be that RB1 again on a season, but he will have spike games. I'm not playing him right now, and I'm also not going to play Josh Kelly. I mean, that workload uh, and that output, that actually was super inefficient last week. It was kind of ugly. I believe he touched the ball, what, 25 times? And I I know he didn't hit 15 points. I know it was under 15 DK, so that's kind of alarming. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to add other than – you know, I, I said I wasn't going to him this week. I just don't know what to make of it because running back is what you want to play against the Panthers, but Kelly was super inefficient. We don't have any guarantees on Eckler's usage here. So it's just kind of a sprinkle a little bit in the build, but I in a spot where I should be super excited to play him, I'm just not. Well, let, let's go over to, uh, to the Carolina side, and we saw this Chargers defense hold – the high-flying Kansas City offense really in check last week, a game that they probably should have won if it wasn't for a boneheaded coach who's uh, somebody better grab a hold of that guy and, and convince him that your team is not better off with Tyrod Taylor. 
but uh, not going for that play, that fourth and one in overtime and kicking it to the MVP of the Super Bowl, the MVP of the league uh, for the next 10 years. It's just an asinine move. Let me tell you something. Dan Quinn thinks Lynn sucks. <laughs> well, guys, let's just talk real quick. Uh, Mike Davis comes in as the replacement for Christian McCaffrey, and he's literally half the price. But um, there's a little bit of buzz, and it's something they talked about before the season, and that is, is Curtis Samuel really the backup running back on his team? And will Curtis Samuel get some play uh, at, at carrying a ball? He'll obviously be – in your lineup as a wide receiver, if you choose to use him, but at four thousand dollars, I think you probably got to sneak him in there because he profiles the most similar to Christian McCaffrey. Matt, what do you think about that? I mean, I'm uh, I'm very much not a not a Curtis Samuel guy. So if the uh, if the Curtis Samuel people get get there because of the freaking Christian McCaffrey in, uh, injury. I uh, I don't know what to say anymore. It's just a, just a cruel, cruel world. Um, but I mean, everything you're saying, you know, if 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 that's how it plays out, and 4K is is ridiculous. Like even backup running backs uh, aren't aren't always 4K. Like Mike Davis is 5100. So <laughs> uh, you're you're looking at uh, probably a 20 percent owned uh, Mike Davis, and you're looking at probably like. Uh, three or 4% owned Curtis Samuel. So this would be the week to, uh, to, to call your shot. If you are a believer of that, that story there. If you have faith in Curtis Samuel, you better damn sure do it this week. <laughs> I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's it. All right, guys. Well, man, this, this is kind of sad. I, I had a hundred percent Mike Davis exposure in dynasty leagues at one point in time. And now I have zero percent. That's very very sad. <laughs> I found them on one roster. I was so I was so happy. I was like, "Whoa!" I didn't even know he was here. So I'm trying to trade him to the McCaffrey owner as we speak. We'll see what happens there. But we're you know we're mired right now in a bunch of low uh, point total games, and we end up in Indy where the just the god awful New York Jets come into town, and uh, the the over under is 44 with the Jets at 16.5. And I have one note. In in my notes for the Jets, and it just says don't start any Jets. Um, we touched on the top of the show, Matt, about Herndon. In everything said, he should see targets last week, and they had him in blocking. I think Adam Levitan is the one who put out that tweet that pointed out that he was in blocking on like eighty five percent of his snaps, which is just ridiculous. He's like uh, he's like less fancy Rob Gronkowski right now. <laughs> Boy, that's a that's a dud too, huh? I'm Gronkowski, so I don't think I'm going to waste TJ's time even bringing the Jets to him. But let's no. go to the cold side. Jonathan Taylor's pro- oh, hold on, hold on, TJ's hold on. on mute. TJ's on oh mute. my god. <laughs> I, let's not completely. I mean, we're only going to spend 20 seconds. But uh, with the Jets, if we get no Crowder, and I'm scared. I mean, we're going to get some super cheap receivers here that are going to see volume, and uh, if Hogan, if and when he plays, and Barrios, I mean. They should be a small part of your build. I mean, that, that's it. It's not. It's not sexy. It's not fun. But they're super cheap. And they're going to see volume. You got to play some. We were watching last I'll, weekend. Uh, <laughs> this part out in post. 
I saw a, a jersey. I'm going to have to mark this uh, episode as explicit with uh, with Barrios. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about this one? I saw a wide receiver named Malone on the field last week for the Jets, and I told my son, it feels like when you're playing those old video games where they just started making up names for players because they ran out of players. I've never heard of Malone in my life on any level. So uh, we've already wasted too much time on the Jets. Let's let's move over to the Colts. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's price is shot up to $7,000. The, the opportunity to own him on rosters at a really cost-effective rate was last week. Um, I had him in a bunch, and um, I was mediocrely successful uh, very sadly, Paris Campbell uh, goes down for the rest of the year. That uh, puts Zach Pascoe and Michael Pittman on the radar. Michael Pittman played 92% of the snaps last week and comes in at $4,000. I don't know uh, if this is the week to get him in there right away, TJ, but um, convince me why I shouldn't. Oh. Because the Jets, I, I mean, we just went through the Jets and they're going to get smashed again and it's going to be by Taylor. You know, they're not going, they're not going to have the need to sling it, air it out. Uh, number one, you've got rivers. So that's a limited factor anyway. But uh, I mean, this is just sets up perfectly for a game script for Taylor and any defense. And I expect both those plays to be insanely chalky as they should be. But I mean, there, there's merit to it. Like that, that is absolutely chalk. I will eat, and that's kind of the only two players I want on this side. The wide receivers on the Jets I mentioned; those are just kind of game stat comebacks where, you know, you can get your Jameson Crowder game, Matt, with uh, with Hogan. I mean, the <laughs> I I just I can't imagine rostering Chris Hogan. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm going to, I am going to have Jonathan Taylor in, in every single lineup. Uh, there's, there's for sure going to be a moment, uh, during the week where I try to put him into a lineup a second time by accident, not realizing that he's already in that lineup because I want to make sure I have exposure to him. So yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm all over Jonathan Taylor. Like if he doesn't hit the, the rushing yards bonus, uh, something went, went horribly, horribly wrong. Well, guys, let's let's move on to the game that will, if this game hits the right way, the Cowboys and the Seahawks, we we could see sixty points a scored total in this game. We we touched on the Cowboys a little bit earlier in that game against Atlanta. It took them a good quarter and change to get rolling, but once they got rolling, the points came in in buckets. And you know, I saw an interesting note where these are the two teams giving up the most plays per game on defense. So they're they're getting off a ton of plays. They're giving up a ton of plays. There's going to be a ton of action in this game. So let's touch on the Cowboy wide receivers first. C.D. Lamb has looked great. He's looked every bit the number one wide receiver in this draft that he should have been when the Raiders passed up and took Henry Ruggs. But that it's not personal. I won't bring that up uh, again. Uh, but he comes in at $5,400. And Michael Gallup, who's pro- who's been the third man out of those three in the first two games, comes in at fifty five hundred. So, Matt, is it a good pivot play? Are most people going to probably have CD Lamb in that lineup this week? And maybe should we go Michael Gallup because they're going to be points, and and one of these weeks is going to be a week that Gallup is the lead guy. I mean, 
I'm I'm just I'm not a Gallup guy. I th- I think I think Lamb is is probably the answer. He'll he'll definitely be like somewhere in the vicinity of of twice as owned. Um, you're right. I mean, there there's just going to be so many plays run in this game. They're both they're both top five in uh, plays against. So there's definitely going to be plenty of of work to go around, and we're I'm hoping that this uh, you know kind of plays out maybe not with the collapse, but kind of like the Atlanta game where everybody just has to, has to score as much as possible. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time parsing my way through, uh, the, the Dallas wide receivers. Maybe, maybe TJ has a, has a strong take. I I kind of do. Uh, just looking at the pricing, of the wide receivers in this game. And I think I prefer them in the order that they're priced, which honestly it should be a foregone conclusion, but it usually isn't. So if you go down the list, you got Cooper and DK, both 6,500. And those are my preferences, you know, but my notes on this game, I I was very in depth. I wrote everyone. So, you know, I don't think there's a bad play in this game anywhere to be found. Uh, I think you want pass catchers more than you want backs, but Zeke is basically all world here. I mean, his workload is just phenomenal and you want that any and every week. I'm, I'm going to be in on him no matter what, but on the Dallas side, it's definitely Cooper for me. Uh, He hasn't scored yet. The volume has been steadier and he didn't need the million plays and passes that they had to run in week two to get there in week one. And he got kind of got there both weeks. So I'm definitely on Cooper over the other two. Yeah, I mean, but you could just see it, the scenario. This is the game where you would double stack, right? I mean, this is uh, you could see getting Cooper with Lamb or Cooper with Gallup, right? And then you know, bring it back with uh, with a DK or a Lockett. And I expect DK is going to be the higher ownership over Lockett, so maybe Lockett's the better play there. Very well, could be. I mean, I I, I don't think there's a whole lot of space between those top three guys, but then I do yeah. think there's a tear break going down to Lamb and Gallup for the. Lower salary. How about Dalton Schultz? I don't trust it. Uh, you know, it was against Atlanta. Where I touched on where this could be just a theme, a tight end theme to attack. I really don't trust it. I, I'd rather have Drew Sample. I don't think we talked about him on the Cincinnati side, but uh, I would definitely rather have Drew Sample. Yeah, $400 Drew Sample on uh, on Showdown last week. <laughs> paid, uh, paid for a couple diapers for me, so that was nice. Hey. I had not, him in one lineup, just, but the rest of the lineup wasn't good enough. I, I just want to clarify: the diapers are for my son, not for me. Just wanted to make sure everybody realized. Judgment-free zone, Matt. <laughs> lies, ferocious lies. <laughs> well, guys, let's talk about the two quarterbacks in this game before we move on. I mean, <laughs> Russ is the definition of cooking this year. It's just he's playing on a whole nother level that we've ever seen and be allowed to play on. Uh, can he sustain that rate, Matt? It, I mean, if if the uh, if the idiots let him, um, yeah. I mean, we, we know that he's that he's good enough to to keep doing this. Like, who knows when it when it goes sideways though, and they just decide that uh, that Chris Carson needs uh, forty touches in a game, and uh, you know. Russ just completely busts out for uh, for a week for us, but I mean, I I'm definitely not playing either of them in cash. They I just I never pay 
for for the most expensive quarterbacks in cash. Uh, but in in tournaments, like we said, we can we can stack stack them up a million different ways. So uh, definitely need definitely need exposure to them this week. Yeah, that goes without saying. Um, I, I am pretty sure that Russ has been sneaking like a high dose of Xanax in both Schattenheimer and Carol's coffee or something uh, <laughs> what, these what? first couple weeks. So if they catch on, you know, we could see a lot of Carson. But uh, no, this has been so much fun, right? It, it, it really is just unbelievable. We've been screaming this from the mountaintops for years. And now just for two games, it's like, oh, let's try this out, see how it works. When that pick six happened, I was like, oh, we're done. <laughs> like that's it. Right. Well, power to Cam for uh Cam Cam Newton threw the ball in that game like I've never seen him throw it before. And I've seen Cam make big throws, but it was consistent big throws downfield. Um that was an unbelievably fun game to watch on both ends, TJ. You're absolutely right there. So guys, let's uh let's head over to the Buccaneers and the Broncos. The Broncos, another team that had so many young, promising offensive weapons that are just banged up now. Cortland Sutton's out. Drew Locke is out. Jerry Judy's been banged up since week one. He's probably going to play. That puts guys like K.J. Hamler, uh, who's every bit as exciting as as Jerry Judy, I think, into play this week. Uh, TJ's eyebrows lit up, so I'm just going to go right to TJ and uh, you take it. Hey, we didn't get to that third all caps play yet, did we? Oh, big, 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 big. 3K Hamler, a.k.a. 2020 Deontay Johnson. My dude is ready to ball out. He was perhaps most undrafted wide receiver in this class. I caught so much shit from my friends, and I mean my friends are far more popular than I am in this industry, okay? The people I would argue with about K.J. Hamler, oh, he's too small, he's too small, are the same people on Hollywood Brown who needed to bulk up 15, 20 pounds to get to Hamler size. So, you know, that just didn't register with me. And I'm watching Hamler, I see a far better player than Marquise Brown could ever dream of being. So we saw his route running last week. It was just, he, he is special. He is absolutely special. And that's why I say it's like Deontay Johnson. I'm watching one of the better, and Hamler obviously isn't there yet. Deontay is watching what's going to be one of the better wide receivers in the entire league. He's going to have a prominent role, perhaps a top dog role at 3K this week. I, I, I'm in, and I'm going to be in very, very heavy. Yeah, I'm going to be getting him in lineups too, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm playing Hamler in cash this week, so. Send send the head to heads if you uh, if you disagree. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, aside from from Noah Fant, who's getting a little you know he's getting up there in price. There's probably not too many other people I want on a Broncos team. But uh, let's go over to the vaulted Buccaneers. They looked a little bit better this week. Uh, Godwin is expected to be back. Uh, we saw some good things out of Evans. Um, but I, I just don't think it looks like the offense quite yet that we thought it was going to be. I don't know that Brady himself ever gets there. But, you know, TJ, are you are you starting either one of those wide receivers, meaning Godwin or Evans? Godwin's cheaper than Evans. Check, lock, Godwin in. That's my play. I'd be Nate. It should never be that way. I, and I think uh, once we get a larger sample size, we're going to look back and say, yeah, we should have played Godwin that week. And, yeah, we should have played Godwin that week again. 
I mean, it's not like he had a hammy or something, something that's going to linger. It was concussion. He's through. He's done. He's going to be 100%. I am playing Godwin, but that's probably the only player I'm playing on the Tampa side. Yeah, probably the most oddly priced players, and I, I'm not vouching for either one of these running backs, is Leonard Fournette at $6,200 while Ronald Jones is at $5,000. It's just like with $6,200 because he broke off a run and – I think Fournette will become the 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 bulk toucher of this backfield, but I, I don't think I'd pay sixty two hundred. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt enjoyed the way that I'm I said just, that. I'm just I'm so punchy right now. I'm like I just was hearing you say bulk ball toucher, <laughs> and I just I just couldn't keep it straight. <laughs> I did that for you. I tried to keep you awake uh, with that, but Matt, you have anything to add? <laughs> did I pan down or something? Oh. <laughs> Uh, you guys, you got anything else you want to throw in on this game before we uh, move to the last one? No, I'm I'm playing Godwin. Uh, God bless if you're playing Uncle Lenny this week. Also, send those head-to-heads, please. <laughs> All right, guys, so TJ, go ahead. Oh, no, I'll play head-to-heads this week if you promise to play Fortnite. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to pass. All right, guys. The last game on the slate is the is the Detroit Lions. Hopefully, getting Kenny Galladay back. He was not practicing again today, even after they told us he should be back. Uh, and and they get the Arizona Cardinals, who are just running at a breakneck pace that is just so so much fun. It, you know, it, this is another one right there with Seattle, right there with with the Dallas offense that is just running so many plays a game. And Kyler Murray, it's he checks in with. With Russ, he should be in your your tourney lineups every week. You should have some form of Kyle Murray because he, he's just an amazing, amazingly fun player to watch, but he just pulls into points. The rushing totals are there seemingly every week to go with the touchdowns, and uh, he, he's found, he's found a, a home with DeAndre Hopkins as well. Man, you're, you're absolutely right, and it's fun. It's really fun to watch. But what I'm kind of seeing so far with Arizona is teams are kind of approaching them like they are the late 2019 version and not this kind of full-strength uh, evolved version in 2020. They're like, okay, Drake isn't going to smash us this week. Well, guess what? You're still going to lose, and they're still gonna, you're going to get smashed by Kyler with this approach. So I think we're going to see it balance out a little bit. I think we're going to get uh, progressively more Drake and then kind of eh, – the normal up and down uh, elite offense output from running back versus passing game. Uh, I think either Nuke or Drake or Drake smash in this game. Uh, it could be Kyler as well. Kyler is in play every single week. Uh, they're going to score a lot of points. That Detroit defense still absolutely terrible. Uh, game stack wise, Hawkinson just fine, man. We got a tight end against Arizona, and I don't think that narrative has been busted yet. Even though Logan Thomas kind of break last week. Uh, and Galladay back with Galladay on the field in a game they're going to be trailing. That Stafford's guy, I will not be without. Um, what I miss? What did I get wrong, Matt? <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. This is this is a game. I think obviously a lot of people have circled there. This looks like uh, as far as neutral script goes. This uh, these are the two. You know the the combination the combination of the two would be the the fastest uh seconds per play so we're looking at obviously a lot of plays with uh with arizona in general um 
And then I think Detroit is probably going to have to, you know, go, go against their, uh, their desire to just run and take the air out of the ball. Cause I think they fall behind. Um, and I, I like all the plays that you mentioned. There's not really anybody else that, uh, that I think would be in like strong consideration for me. Yeah. Did we mention that we, that Patricia thinks Lynn sucks too? <laughs> yeah. Listen, this, this game's got an over of 55. I didn't mention that at the top, which is right behind that Seattle and uh, Cowboys game. So it should be a lot of goodness in this game. Uh, before we wrap this up, guys, uh, Marvin Jones has not been what we hoped with Galladay out. Is it be- more beneficial to Marvin Jones to have Galladay back in there? And is he a guy that you could picture sneaking back in this week? That's perfectly reasonable. I mean, I, it could happen at just as good a chance as, you know, any number two getting their number one back to kind of protect them a little bit. So, you know, I don't hate the idea. It's not like Marvin's out of play. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just going to keep punting money off on Marvin Jones until uh, until it works out or until the balance hit zero. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Well, thoughts and prayers, buddy. Thoughts and prayers. (laughs) Well, to to wrap it up, uh, we have three all caps players this week from TJ, and two of them are returning all caps players. So. If you don't have Deontay Johnson, if you don't have Miles Sanders, and if you don't have the newly anointed 2020 Deontay Johnson and KJ Hamler in your lineups and they go off on the slate, you have nobody to blame but yourself because you heard it right here at On The Daily DFS. Uh, Guys, any other parting words before we let the the listening audience go? No, just don't play any Jets. (laughs) Let's really hope that – a third week, essentially a third week of training camp slash preseason during the regular season brings injury count down a little bit this week. I mean, there's only so many guys left that aren't hurt. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Trent Richardson hasn't in the league yet, so it could be worse. (laughs) All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you back here one week from now. And uh, hopefully when we see you, you'll be in the green. Before we wrap up tonight's show, I just want to remind you guys about our final sponsor, Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. That means game spreads, totals, all sorts of different props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on whatever you can think of. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Your, bet, your online sportsbook experts.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.